Thank you for spending another midweek moment with WPT. I'm John Jacobson. Today is Wednesday, the 30th of November, 2022. Before we get started, your input matters now more than ever. With a $90 billion state budget on the horizon, we need your input. Email info at wptonline.org and share what your priorities are for this state budget. We can't take a position until you do. Info at wptonline.org. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you are doing well. Last time we talked, it was the day before Thanksgiving. So hopefully you had a great gathering with your family. I know I did. Um, We had a big family gathering and uh, our household uh, offered to bring the uh, homemade cornbread muffins and homemade macaroni and cheese to pass around. And those seem like simple recipes, but they're not. And um, I'm not a good cook. So Um, It was a nice holiday, and I hope you all had a great one, too. Let's jump into some news together. Um, A lot of you and and a lot of people in general received one of the Wisconsin uh, We're All In grants in 2020 after the public health emergency was declared and businesses were deemed essential and non-essential, and some had to shut down, uh, and some were able to stay open. But uh, in any event, a lot of businesses would have gone bankrupt, probably, had they not received some of the grants from the state of Wisconsin and the you know and other things, of course, the Paytech, Paycheck Protection Program from the federal government. But finally, the, uh, the Joint Legislative Audit Bureau, um, at the behest of the Joint Legislative Audit Committee, uh, performed a limited scope review of the uh, program that the Evers administration administered um, throughout the state of Wisconsin. In total, DOR, Department of Revenue, awarded $595.9 million in these grants to small businesses, restaurants, lodging, hotels, Written eligibility requirements were included in DOR's agreements with Department of Administration and additional written requirements that DOR developed. Um, According to the uh, report, as a result um, of all of the work, of all the administering of the grant, there were actually very few errors made. And where errors were made, where somebody received a grant that they were not eligible for or a fraudulent uh, application was submitted. Um, the Department of Revenue really, really quickly mitigated that and uh, was able to backtrack and take care of its problems really, really quickly. Um, the co-chair of the Joint Audit Committee, Representative John Mako, is a Republican from uh, the Green Bay area, Ledgeview, he said, as a result of forced lockdowns, all of our small businesses across our state were affected and it became necessary for us to assist them. Overall, DOR did a fine job administering the $595.9 million to them and appreciate that they're taking steps to remedy errors that occurred. The LAB reviewed 172 program grants totaling $4.1 million and found that DOR did not follow its written eligibility requirements when it awarded 45 grants totaling $475,000. And because LAB's review is not based on a statistically valid sample of the overall grant program, it's not appropriate to extrapolate the results of the review to all grants that they awarded. But overall, it looks like they did... uh, There were program integrity efforts that identified fraudulent grant applications and recovered those grants awarded inappropriately, and they were very quick on this. Um, Co-chair of that committee, also Senator Robert Coles of Green Bay, 
Also, Republicans said thanks to the important work of the Legislative Audit Bureau in their review of these grants, DOR is now taking necessary efforts to identify inappropriate and fraudulent activity targeting these grants. I believe that this effort is going to be a very important element to not only ensuring proper administration of the grants, but also to potentially kickstart other state agencies to identify and report fraudulent activity and programs they've administered with federal COVID relief funds. So it's obviously a developing story. I think there's going to be more of a call from the legislature to uh, use the audit bureau to uh, dive deeper into how all of these COVID dollars were spent, not just on these grants. So we'll obviously keep you posted on that. And as I reported last week, Senator Alberta Darling, a prominent longtime Republican lawmaker in the Wisconsin State Senate, announced that she will retire effective tomorrow. And um, there, as you know, in each Senate district, there are three uh assembly districts and there are two republicans and one democrat district in that senate district that alberta darling represents so naturally people are going to say well are one of those representatives going to run for office it is about a 56 57 percent republican district but the big name uh, the democrat representative deb andraka of whitefish bay decided she's not going to run she says senator darling has been a role model for women in public office for decades and i wish her all the best in her retirement while i'm grateful to everyone who's encouraged me to consider running in the 8th Senate District, I will not be a candidate this spring. Um, that leaves uh, two Republican lawmakers, State Representative Janelle Branchin and Representative Dan Knodel, um, uh to jump in. Um, I mean, there could be any candidate, but those would be the two obvious uh, already elected and known in that area. So uh, interesting development. Uh, the prominent Democrat in that Senate district will not run uh, to become the next state senator uh, following uh, Alberta Darling's retirement. And speaking of um, uh, State Representative Janelle Branchin, who you know was by her colleagues voted out of uh, the Republican Assembly Caucus and was not allowed to be in closed door meetings anymore uh, because they say that she can't be trusted. She's been sounding the alarm a lot on uh, elections related stuff. And, and whether you agree or not, these are verifiable for pieces of information. And I'm going to repeat one of them here. And this was verifiable on the state website. Um, yesterday, she released a press release saying um, when Milwaukee Deputy Election Clerk Kim Zapata created three military members out of thin air and sent requests for legitimate ballots to my home address, the vulnerability of military ballots was exposed. Now that we've learned the number of military members voting in this past election, the 2022 election dropped by over 83 percent. Since the 2020 election, active military voters do not require registration or ID, but according to the Wisconsin statute, clerks are supposed to confirm active military voters via a list. Many municipalities are not doing this. And how does this relate to the Wisconsin property taxpayers? Well, our property taxpayers go to administering our local elections, and we should be paying attention to this. The 2022 active military voters dropped to only 1,573 after a high number in the 2020 election of 9,876. There were also 4,966 in 2018 and 6,736 in 2016. So this is a really significant drop. 1,000 573 was the total number of active military who voted in this past election. Representative Branchin said the substantial job should have been noticed by WEC, the Wisconsin Elections Commission. Inquiry should have been made. Once again, WEC failed to do their job. So take it at face value, but it's just interesting that nobody's noticing um, when these things are happening, and there are already safeguards in place, and the Wisconsin Elections Commission clearly is not 
doing much about it, you know. And nobody's saying there's anything fraudulent here. There are less active military now that we're not in Afghanistan as there was in the last election, but still, you have to at least notice that and say, well, we should go ahead and verify these ballots, but evidently that's not happening. Wisconsin Policy Forum is out saying local debt is on the rise. Local government debt in Wisconsin hit record levels in 2020, driven upward by low interest rates, infrastructure needs, and little-known incentive in state law. After adjusting for inflation and population growth, debt levels are the highest on record for cities and other municipalities in the state. Not a surprise when you, if you read the email we sent out last week about all of the referenda around the state of Wisconsin that passed, the total debt owed by local governments in Wisconsin rose by 5.4% in 2020, reaching the highest level on record. Cities, counties, and other local governments owed, by the time the end of last calendar year, owed 11.04 billion dollars with the B. That was an increase of 566 million over the prior year. Several forces have pushed up local borrowing in recent years, particularly for cities. They range for needs to replace aging infrastructure, update IT systems, and previously low interest rates. The picture is not all alarming. Counties, for example, have not borrowed so heavily over the past decade, and all local governments have benefited greatly from rising property values that make it easier to pay off their debt. So that was a little snippet from their latest report. Also, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty is filing an amicus brief urging the Supreme Court to review the First Amendment challenge to mandatory state bar membership. So right now, lawyers have to become members of the state bar in Wisconsin once they complete law school, and they have to pay dues to the state bar. It's compulsory. It is not voluntary. It's like right to work for lawyers. And so the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty is uh, uh, supporting a lawsuit that's currently before the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, so they're asking the Supreme Court to take a look at this a First Amendment issue. So also very interesting. That's about all for this week. Um, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week. As always, thanks for listening. And we're going to use this one from the great Dwight Eisenhower said, The supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity. Without it, no real success is possible, no matter whether it is on a section gang, on a railroad, a football field, in an army, or in an office. That's all for this week. Have a great rest of your week. See you next time. Wisconsin Property Taxpayers, Inc. is a nonpartisan membership organization consisting of thousands of small business, farm, and homeowner members in every corner of the state. Founded in 1985, the organization is committed to providing its members with up-to-date information, legislative advocacy, and exclusive cost-saving benefits. Find out how to join at wptonline.org.